Welcome to episode 115 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. Now, I know most of you are familiar with the power of protein to help us to recompose our bodies, get fitter and leaner by losing body fat and protecting and gaining muscle or lean body mass. Now, protein supplementation is one of the best ways to do it. It is scientifically validated to help us produce high quality weight loss. Now, when it comes to weight loss, traditionally, a lot of people will do high carb, low calorie diets, and those have been shown to generate upwards of 40% lean body mass loss. Now, protecting your lean body mass and your muscle is crucial when you are wanting to lose some fat because during weight loss, you don't want the weight lost to be coming from your muscle. The more muscle you're able to retain, the more you're retaining metabolically active tissue, which is going to keep your metabolic rate much higher and help you maintain the fat loss after you have achieved it. Now, one of the best ways, as I said, to do this is through using protein shakes. I've been on the lookout for years to find a high quality protein supplement that does not have fillers, dyes, artificial sweeteners, and using cheap protein concentrate, which can cause all kinds of issues like bloating and indigestion. I finally created a protein supplement that meets my standards, and it's something that I personally use every single day, and that is Tone Protein. Tone Protein not only is extremely clean and high quality with only whey protein isolate, no concentrates, no fillers, it is also scientifically formulated to optimize muscle protein synthesis, which is going to help you build lean body mass and muscle in the most efficient way possible. I am so incredibly excited about Tone Protein. Not only is it extremely high quality and optimized to help you recompose your body, it is also absolutely delicious. We've been having so much fun with all the different flavors that we are creating, and I just can't wait for you all to try it. Now, I wanted to create a special launch discount for all of you listeners so that you could check it out, try it out, see how you like it, and test it out for yourself. In order to receive that launch discount, you can head over to toneprotein.com and sign up with your name and email address. 
and you'll receive an email to double opt in to the list and you'll be the first to know when Tone Protein is available to order and you will also receive that exclusive launch discount. It is going to be the biggest discount that we ever offer on Tone Protein. So I really want all of you to be able to receive it. So be sure to go to toneprotein.com, sign up with your name and email and you'll be double opted in to that list. And I am so excited for you all to try it out. Let me know what you think of it and let it help you to optimize your body recomposition goals, get that fat loss and maintain and protect your lean body mass while doing it. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed, but with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 115 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am fabulous, working really hard, like don't even have time to sit down. It feels like (laughs) I've got a lot going on. Join the club. I still wish there was like 48 hours in the day. Yeah. I'm definitely not feeling feeling retired these days. <laughs> yeah, I feel like as long as you have passions and things you want to do in life, I mean, what is retirement? I mean, I guess some people like to retire and not work anymore, but for some people, their work is their passion. It's true. You're right. That's that's right. I may be a retired teacher, but I am not retired from doing a lot of work all the time. <laughs> but it's it's a good problem. So I'm thrilled and grateful and not complaining one bit. Yeah, because I guess, like, what is retirement? Because in, in the ideal world, you would never be retiring from work because your work would be your your life's purpose. So that's true. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anything new with you? Yes, a few things. <laughs> so I have a new crazy skincare hack that I came up with. Well, that's fun. What is it? So I've been having some weird water retention in my face. So I was like, I want to look into like coffee-based products. So I was searching for coffee topical treatments, but then, you know, I'm all about minimizing additives and things like that. So I was like, why don't I just put coffee on my face? So (laughs) starting about three days ago, like I take a shower and then I just put coffee on my face. Oh my goodness. It works so well. Well, that's fascinating. I mean, I could see how it would. That makes sense. So that it was like one of the few situations where I tried something and then researched it rather than the other way around. And then I was researching it later. And I mean, coffee does work topically. I mean, it can break down fat cells, can reduce inflammation, work as an antioxidant, and it is absorbed through the skin. So yeah, you could just put it on your face. And then I was like researching if you would actually get a caffeine boost from it and you can. <laughs> yeah, because you can, you totally, you know, transdermal medications, we know that they they go in through your skin. So yeah, makes sense. And I think it could also be a little hack for those that are, you know, want to minimize gastric irritants from coffee or who are sensitive butterflies to caffeine like me. So that's my new routine. I'm loving it. <laughs> Well, I might start putting some coffee on my face. I'll I'll take my warm shower and then have my my warm coffee and put that on my face. (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm loving it. And then um, second thing, so I talked about this in my group a little bit, but I changed one thing and it has had a huge impact on my life. Well, I can't wait to hear what that is. Would you like to guess? I started doing it and I didn't anticipate that it would work. So I don't think it was like placebo effect. And then I was noticing that because I've been having some residual brain fog and I, and I realized that that was completely gone for the three days after I started doing this thing. I was like, what if I changed these past three days? And then I realized this thing I changed and it has been helping me so much. Now it's been longer than three days. Do you know what it is? Well, no, I can't possibly guess. I mean, I could like start listing like all the things you could be doing and it could be huge. So you're going to have to just tell me. I finally installed my EMF canopy. 
Oh, that's funny. (laughs) I forgot you had that. Yeah, I hadn't actually put it up yet because of the move. Oh my goodness, Jen, it's amazing. It's amazing. So you put it up and and it blocks all the EMF. Well, not all of it, but a huge portion of it. Now I was waking up and feeling not so well. And now I wake up and I feel like I had a massage and like my inflammation is going down and my brain fog is getting better. It's crazy. Well, that's really cool. You have to keep us posted. Yeah. I really think there's something to block it. Cause I mean, they're showing more and more like scientifically that the waves affect our brains and we are energy. So it may completely make sense. Well, we are. I mean, that's true. You know, my husband, the, the chemist, you know, he understands that. Yeah, we are, you know, the at our very basic level, we are energy. So nothing is really solid when you go go down and keep zooming in. You just have, you know, space. So we are energy. So it makes sense that all this electric that we're exposed to, these electrical magnetic field fluctuations would be affecting us for better or worse. So yep. I'll put a link in the show notes to the canopy that I got. And I also just recently ordered an EMF, like, you know, like ghost hunting, the EMF detector things. I ordered one so I can test it. Now, if, if you get a tinfoil hat and start wearing that, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So I shall report back. Well, that is fascinating because I, I do know that Things we think can't possibly affect us really do. To a lot of people, I might be sounding crazy, but you just wait. I feel like down the road in a few years, we'll realize more and more how bad it is. Sort of like with pesticides, you know? Right. And some of the medications that that were safe and then, oops. Yep, yep. Then last night, I finally installed the grounding mat. That was, now I'm like, that was really complicated, but like underneath the bed. Is that part of, of the recommendations in the, in the same book? Well, it wasn't from a book. It was... I wondered because I know the EMF came from Keto Fast. I mean, he talks about it in there, but I had already I'd already bought it. Oh, because I thought you got it right after you read Keto Fast. No, no, no. I, I'd been wanting one for the longest time. But yeah, Mercola is a huge proponent of... I think his next book is going to be about EMF, actually. I don't know how he's going to write a whole book about it, but (laughs) I don't know if he, yeah, he talks about grounding too. So yeah, I'll report back. Yeah. That's another thing I've talked to my husband about, you know, the fact that we are energy and we do have, you know, things have charges. We see that when we look at lightning and hear, hear the thunder, you know, where it's all just things happening based on charges in the atmosphere. So, you know, I know that I feel better when I go walk on the beach barefooted. It's actually really interesting. So I asked in my group, like, what was everybody's favorite stress relieving technique? Oh, and this is my Facebook group, by the way, which everybody should join. It's called Paleo OMAD Biohackers with like some subtitle. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But I was asking people what their favorite stress relieving technique was. And I thought a lot of people would say like meditation. I think about 70% of the people said going for a walk. And at first I was thinking, oh, it's because, you know, physical activity and movement and getting outside. But now I'm thinking even with us talking right now, that could be another part of it, you know, like the ground, the ground part of it. But if you have on shoes, you're not grounded. So you have to be barefoot. That's one reason why it's important to be barefoot in nature. I mean, you're not going to do that if you're walking, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> in the winter or on rough terrain. But that's why I think the beach is so, so healing. If there is anything to the science of grounding, then I definitely feel it when I'm at the beach. Oh, I can agree. Yeah, definitely. So crazy things. <laughs> Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes. Before we do that, I want to just say, it does sound crazy, but like I said, my husband, the PhD in medicinal chemistry, he teaches organic chemistry. You know, we have some interesting discussions about some of these things. And, you know, he's a scientist and he's not like, yeah, there's nothing to any of that. It's all ridiculous. He's like, yeah, I can understand. I can see, you know, from the the science side of things. So, you know, don't knock it just because it, it sounds woo-woo. <laughs> Funny. So to that point, so when I first got into all of this, it seemed sort of quote woo woo or crazy. And I've always felt the need to research it and validate it and support it and say why it's not crazy. Now that I've done so much research on it, I mean, it seems so obvious and not crazy. Like, like once you do the research, you're like, oh, this, I mean, it's kind of silly not to think these things would affect things. So now I'm like on the flip side, I'm like, it's not even remotely crazy. Like I don't even need to <laughs> justify it, but I do because people still, you know, think it's crazy. There's just so much we don't know. And that's what he always says to me. He says, you know, there, there's so much we don't know and things that we thought, and then we realize, you know, they're not true. So, you know, a real scientist is very open-minded because they realize that there's a lot we don't know. You know, whenever you're like shutting down conversation about everything and saying, no, that can't be, that's because you're not realizing the possibilities. You really want to be, you know, not confused, but just, well, confused for me. Study quantum physics. Have you ever read any quantum physics? They start talking about particles and it's here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a lot. But it's just, it's quantum physics is very woo woo. Can I just say, one book I really, actually, really, really love. Well, I love all the work of Stephen Hawking. He actually makes things pretty easy to understand, especially like his his main book, A Brief History of Time. It really helps explain. I mean, he's obviously brilliant, but then there's a reason he does so well popularly. I mean, besides his whole you know physical condition, but he also writes really well, and he has a really funny sense of humor. So I actually really recommend people check out that book. I didn't know we'd be talking about all this right now, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a real scientist realizes there are still a lot of questions and unknowns. That's just, the, I think, the point. You know, thinking that everything is settled, being very closed-minded, that's not what, you know, scientists do. Always questioning, always changing, that sort of thing. That's the other crazy thing. So, like, in the the diet world, the science world, but I think even, like, in the diet world – People will write a book and they'll be a proponent of some sort of protocol or dietary approach. And then it's like if you, you know, research and learn new things and experiment and change your mind about things, it's it's like almost a lose-lose situation because half the people will say, oh, see, now you're going against what you said before. It's ironic that you can't – people aren't more open to change and that if you change your ideas, it can seem like you're – being fickle. Yeah, that you're being fickle or that you're going against what you said or you're being contradictory when I think the nature of learning should be change. It's like, you know, my clean my clean fast infographic. I just revised that today. And I took out some things that were in the original 
for example, lemon being in the gray area. You know, the more and more in practice we've had with that, we realize, no, that really is not something you should have during the fast. So you change and evolve as your learning becomes more refined. But I'm not going to suddenly write a book that says fasting is bad. That would be, <laughs> I'm not going to write a book, the, the 10 meal a day, you know, weight loss plan. I think that would be, that would be fickle. You know, I guess if I suddenly thought fasting was bad, but I don't. Right. Exactly. Which I don't think that will ever happen. But say that did happen. Say that for some reason there was some research or something came out and we realized, I don't think this would ever happen, but we realized fasting is bad. I mean, I don't think that would ever happen. But if that happened, I'm open to the idea that I would change my opinion. Yeah. I can't imagine that happening. That's, that's the only thing. Me neither. But in the, just within the discussion of our dialogue and like the concept of change, I have to say that I'm open to that happening, but I don't think it will happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not planning on changing that mindset anytime soon, just because of how great I feel. If it feels so good, it can't be, can't be bad. Except for like cocaine. Yeah, I don't think cocaine feels good, though, when you're coming off of it. You know it's bad. Like, you know that you're doing something. I mean, you might feel good in the moment, but, you know, it's like when you drink too much and then the next day you have a horrible hangover, you know, you know that was the bad thing to do because of the way you feel. And then you drink dry farm wines for life. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I just placed a new order yesterday. Well, very, very interesting discussion. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order. So you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. 
Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to melanieavalonscloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. So before we jump into the actual questions, we got... Two questions for some brief housekeeping things. We got a quick question from Brooke. The subject was serapeptase brand and dosage. And she said, well, I'm all caught up. I really enjoyed listening to your podcast on walks. Oh, hey, there they are, walks <laughs> in the car and just about wherever I can. Forgive me if you've addressed it, but I'm wondering first, what is your favorite benefit of serapeptase? What brand do you recommend? Where do you purchase yours? What dosage do you recommend? I'm wanting to try them out. Never before hearing of them until I began tuning in. I just want to make sure I purchase something both beneficial and legit. Thanks for your realness and for always presenting different viewpoints regarding IF. Brooke, so I just want to throw that in there because we do keep getting questions about serapeptase and I wanted to remind listeners and tell new listeners, if you go to ifpodcast.com slash serapeptase, it's all there. The dosages, the brands, the recommendations, what it does, all the things. But let's answer Brooke's one question about what is your favorite benefit? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm not taking it right now. I'm a supplement minimalist, which I've talked about before. And I was taking it for uterine fibroids. And so I'm not having that problem anymore. <laughs> and so I'm not taking it now. Will I ever take it again? I don't know. So there you go. If you were taking it, what is your favorite benefit? Well, I think it helped with my uterine fibroids when I took it. You know, it does. I, I also think it does a lot of the same things that autophagy does, you know, helps us to break things down. So, you know, if I had some sinus issues, I would take it for that purpose, that sort of thing. If you have like proteins, you need to have broken down. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's sort of similar to autophagy in that way and that it does help break down. It's really good at entering the bloodstream and working systemically to break down residual proteins so it can help with sinuses, allergies, things like that. Oh, that reminded me of something, Jen, because I finished up reading the longevity solution that we talked about last week. There was one little concept that they mentioned that I wanted to bring up. They were talking about how fasting burns through you know, old proteins in the body, like we talk about a lot. And he was saying that it actually goes to excess skin and immune cells first. I don't know, like... So autophagy goes... It, the first thing it's going to do is eat up the excess skin. Is that what, what you're saying? Yeah, for the proteins. 
the, like, I guess one of the first places it goes to is the excess skin, which that can explain why, you know, a lot of people find that with intermittent fasting that they can lose weight without having problems of like stretch marks or things like that, or that they do lose that excess skin. Does that come up a lot in the groups, Jen? Yeah. And and we all know that is what Funk says. He does say that autophagy is great for, you know, helping with that loose skin. You know, I look at photos of myself right after I hit goal, which was in 2015. And that fall when I took Cal to college, the photos of us moving him in, you know, my arms were a lot more saggy than they are now. So my body has definitely tightened up. I haven't put special creams on my skin or done any kind of special anything. It's just I do think it it is related to autophagy. Now, I don't know that, you know, it's the first thing your body's going to work on. I don't know if that's true. I haven't seen any science behind that. Maybe there is some and I just haven't seen it. But I do think that your body will work on it. You know, people in the groups are always saying, help, I've lost the weight. Now I'm really saggy. You just have to give it time. This is not something that happens overnight. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's one of the nice things about continuing to do IF is it's like every time you do your fast, I feel like you can, you know, chip a a little bit away at some of that extra protein. You know, it's like a a very healthy, long, calm, peaceful process of it's like slowly deep cleaning your house each and every day. So, and then, yeah, he also said immune cells, which that actually makes sense if we think about the work of like Walter Longo, for example, because I mean, We all know, I'm laughing a little bit because, you know, the drama of he's more now for like the the fasting mimicking diet and he has some controversial opinions about intermittent fasting, which we don't have to get into. But regardless, in his research, he has shown that five-day fasts, for example, do have the potential or five-day fasting-like approaches do have the potential to completely revitalize your entire immune system, which would line up with what Dr. Fung is saying in the longevity solution that autophagy goes after immune cells. So, I mean, that can sound like a bad thing, but basically if you think about it, our immune system, it learns things and it basically creates ideas about foreign substances and foreign bodies and, you know, food and environmental factors. And, you know, people can get a lot of food intolerances and allergies and, reactions to things. And it can be because their immune system, for whatever reason, has tagged these certain things as, you know, problematic or invaders, and it instigates an inflammatory response. And so since fasting and autophagy can actually break down some of those immune cells and then get rid of those messages and those ideas, there's the potential to have a completely new immune system that doesn't basically, that has a a, a fresher... (laughs) fresher approach to the environment so that you're not reacting to things as intensely and experiencing physical symptoms from things that you might not necessarily should be experiencing problems from. So yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Jen? No, I think you went into it very well. No more adding needed. (laughs) Alrighty. And then there was one other really quick question. This came from Donna. She said, Melanie's new podcast. She said, hi, Melanie. You've mentioned your your new podcast a couple of times, but I haven't been able to find it. 
I found that you were interviewed by Elle on the Primal Blueprint, which looks like it is done by Mark Sisson, but that doesn't seem like that's the one you've been referring to. I didn't see it listed on your website either. Let me know. Thanks so much. I wanted to include this one as well because I've been getting so many questions from people being like, I can't find your podcast. Where is it? It's because I keep plugging it, but I haven't actually, it's not out yet, guys. (laughs) That's why. It is coming soon, but I do have the tentative title. So unless this changes, it will be called Straight to the Point, The Melanie Avalon Show. And part of me is hesitant about using that name because I really don't want to sound pretentious and make it about like me, but I think it could work really well because it keeps things really broad and it doesn't pigeonhole me into any one topic. And then I can really just explore all of these wonderful, crazy things, diet, health, fitness, biohacking, sleep, all the things. So I'm really excited. It does sound very interesting, all the different topics. Mm -hmm. And each episode will be a guest interview, all well-known people. I'm really excited. It's going to be great. I will get on our email list. If you go to ihavepodcast.com, get on the email list and I'll definitely be sending out announcements there. All right. Would you like to read the next listener question? Yes. This is from Ben, and the subject is heart rate. Hello, ladies. Love the show, and thank you for providing an educated conversation on the IF topic. I know you have touched on heart rate variability in previous episodes, but was wondering if you have come across any research on IF and how it may affect resting heart rate. Side note, my heart is fairly well conditioned. I have run three marathon distances or greater this year, and my most recent marathon was run in a semi-fasted state. 12 to 15.5 hours. I set a personal record of three hours and 30 minutes. Thank you for any insight you can provide on this subject. Yeah, so heart rate variability is a fascinating thing that I actually need to get more into. I actually don't have, I haven't used a monitor before. Have you, Jen? You know, I had an Apple Watch and it monitors your heart rate. So I have Back then when I was wearing it, yes. I didn't do it like, on like, oh my gosh, I must monitor my heart. It was just interesting. Yeah. So what it is, basically, it's involved with how the sympathetic, the fight or flight, and the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest state, how they interact. And we need to be able to quickly switch between those two effortlessly in a way. So you, you want increased heart rate variability. You don't want like a steady never changing heart rate. You want a heart rate that's in flux and is able to adapt to the environment and things like that. So that said, I mean, in general, for a baseline resting heart rate, in general, you don't want like a high resting heart rate. It's better, most likely that you have a lower resting heart rate. But like I said, that variability can be key and it can kind of tell where your stress is on any given day. So I'll put a link in the show notes that explore more about heart rate variability in general. But for example, some things that are not good for heart rate variability are things like obviously chronic stress, certain dietary choices, alcohol, too much exercise, inflammation, you know, unhealthy environment, certain supplements, actually too much exercise or too little exercise. So things like that. But then certain things are good for heart rate variability. So improving your diet, improving your sleep, doing breathing exercises, certain dietary substrates. So things like omega-3s, good fitness, things like that. So does fasting, how does that affect it? 
In general, it seems like intermittent fasting is actually very beneficial for heart rate variability from the research that I did. And I did find quite a few studies showing that where they looked at various fasts and how they affected heart rate variability and those factors. So I will put links in the show notes to those studies, but in general, it does seem that intermittent fasting is actually very beneficial for most people for heart rate variability. Yeah, I think it's huge. So I do plan to get some sort of device and start using it myself. Do you have thoughts on heart rate variability? We just hear this a lot in the Facebook groups. People talk about how their resting heart rate is down. So anecdotally, yes, we absolutely hear it. And I noticed the same exact thing when I did wear my Apple Watch that I no longer wear. But at one time, my my resting heart rate was the one that was like in the athletic range, which is hilarious because y'all know I am not athletic. But my resting heart rate was athletic. I can tell you, like, could be the fasting. Well, I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we do hear that a lot. People say that their resting heart rate has gone down. Could it be the fasting? And, you know, when a lot of people say the same thing, you know, I know it's not an official study, but it's it starts to have some some merit when people say it over and over. Definitely. All right. So the next question comes from Jade and the subject is sugar. And Jade says, I would love to hear your thoughts on sugar. After listening to some of the speakers on the Kick Sugar Summit, I am pretty confused. I love Dr. Saiwes's interview, but he made a comment about how we are kidding ourselves thinking it's okay to eat an apple that is loaded with sugar and justifying it by saying it's, quote, natural sugar. And by the way, neither Melanie nor I is sure how to pronounce this doctor's last name. It's it's spelled C-Y-W-E-S, and I just am, I have no frame of reference to how to say it. So we don't know. So we're so sorry, Dr. C-Y-E-S, that we don't know how to say your name. Hopefully we got it sort of in the ballpark. <laughs> Hi, friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. 
On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash Danger Coffee and use the coupon code MelanieAvalon to get 10% off. Again, that is MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code MelanieAvalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit. But sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. So, and then Jade says, and, and another speaker I enjoyed, Allison Gannett, said we are better off eating a Snickers bar than some fruits. She also mentions the sugar content in veggies like broccoli and that some people can handle it and others can't. I'm currently doing Whole30 where sugar is not allowed, but I can have all the fruits and veggies I want with a few exceptions. So I'm confused about how this plan is considered giving up sugar, but the speakers at this summit don't feel that way if you're still eating fruit. I'm feeling great on Whole30, and I have my own opinions about how we process a Snickers bar differently than we would an apple, but I really wanted to get your thoughts on this because I know you are both well-researched on nutrition. Thanks, ladies. Well, for anybody who doesn't know what the the Kick Sugar Summit is and why Jade is mentioning it, I was actually a featured speaker on the 2019 Kick Sugar Summit, and I was just thrilled to be asked to be one of their speakers and to bring intermittent fasting to their community. And so here's something really important to know. While I was a featured speaker and really glad to participate, and I think there was a lot of great stuff going on in the Kick Sugar Summit, I do not share the same views as every speaker there. I do not think that an apple is the same thing as eating table sugar. I do not think that you know, broccoli has so much sugar that you should be worried about it. I do not think that a Snickers bar is the same thing as a fruit. And I would encourage people to not get too caught up in, if if something sounds really sensational, it probably, you know, take it with a grain of salt. If you're concerned about fruit, read Dr. Jason Fung's book, The Obesity Code. And I know a lot of people don't understand because he he's well-liked and part of the keto community and, in fact, uses the keto diet with a lot of his patients. But he does a great job talking about things that are in natural foods, like the fiber, for example, that's in that apple. 
it's going to affect the way your body uses the energy from that apple. You know, if you take that apple and turn it into apple juice, that's really different than eating an apple and the way that it affects your body. And it has to do with how it's broken down, how it's processed, even eating foods with other foods. For example, if you eat sugar in ice cream, your body is going to be different with the way that it processes that because of the full fat dairy versus if you just ate spoonfuls of sugar. So just because something has natural sugars in it, like a sugar content, that doesn't mean it's going to hit your body and hit your bloodstream the same way that just pure sugar does. You know, I don't want you to confuse yourself. And you could literally, you know, I I talked about this before and, and I like to joke about it. My husband and I played a game you know, one time we were on a road trip and you get bored on a road trip. So I was like, all right, I want you to name a food and I will tell you a diet protocol that says you should not eat that food. And I was able to do that for any food. But this is the thing, you know, if you listen to a vegetarian summit, they're going to have whole different speakers and whole different philosophies, and they're going to present stuff that sounds very scientific, and you'll be even more confused. So experts all have a different perspective. I mean, I guarantee there were probably people at that summit who don't agree with the way I do intermittent fasting, and they don't think the clean fast is important. But you have to filter through it and figure out what works best for your body. And, you know, if you're feeling great doing Whole30, and you're eating fruits and vegetables, and you feel fat. I mean, I eat fruits and vegetables. I know that if I ate, you know, broccoli, I would not feel the same way as if I ate a Snickers bar on an empty stomach. So, you know, just listen to how your body feels. And yeah, fruits by themselves, you know, I'm not going to open my open my eating window with just an apple. I might have an apple with peanut butter because I think having that fat with it slows down the the rate at which it's absorbed and processed. You've got the fiber from the fruit, but you've also got, you know, the fat from the peanut butter. You'll know if something is hitting your body really quickly, if it's too much sugar for you. I mean, I have no doubt that a Starbucks latte is way too much sugar for me because of the way I feel if I have that on an empty stomach. So trust your body. Trust your body. (laughs) That's what I have to say. So I have so many thoughts about fruit and sugar and this whole concept. Okay, just a few things to talk about briefly. I believe fruit has been very improperly demonized because of all the studies that were done on high fructose corn syrup and people assuming, A, that that's the same thing as fruit, B, that fruit is fructose only, and so that that's all the same thing. Because there are so many studies showing how completely terrible refined fructose is in the form of high fructose corn syrup. Most people can agree it's pretty bad. And the studies seem to show that pretty consistently. That said, those studies are all done on refined fructose. They're not done on fruit. Beyond that, fruit isn't actually pure fructose. <laughs> it's quite often fructose in combination with glucose which completely changes the way the the sugar is absorbed by the body because the fructose-glucose ratio affects how it is absorbed across the intestine, affects how it affects our bodies. There's a lot going on there when you have it in its whole natural form compared to a refined version. So fruit is not necessarily automatically sugar. For me, saying that eating fruit is worse than eating a Snickers bar, I, 
I'm not really sure. I would need to like have heard that in context of what she was saying because I... Yeah, that's such a huge point because I was thinking about that too. And we are just going on this email question. So, you know, I didn't hear that talk. So that could be, you know, slightly not exactly how it was said. So I want to reiterate that, you know, we don't really know the context in which it was used. And, you know, when I think about the Snickers bar, I do see the point because it's got peanuts in it. You know, it's the sugar and the peanuts. And that might, you know, slow down the processing. So that might be the point. I know, you know, that might be what she meant. In context, it might have been really different. That was actually something I wanted to jump on because for a lot of people like you, Jen, it's interesting you said, you know, having an apple with peanut butter would be much better for you because it would slow down that blood sugar spike or how the insulin release. But for some people, that can actually be the perfect storm of everything problematic. It's very individual because for some people, their body might not be very attuned to processing both fat and sugar at the same time. And that might be where problems come in. So like for me, I can do really well if I eat just an apple, you know, by itself, or I wouldn't eat peanut butter, but you know, some sort of nut butter, I would need to eat it by itself. If I combine those two for me, it's like, who bad. <laughs> See, for me, I have to combine carbs and fat to feel my best. It's so interesting because, you know, some people really do thrive with that. And then some people, I think it completely wrecks them metabolically. So this is something where you really have to experiment and find what works for you. Oh, and I will refer listeners. So there was actually a fantastic, fantastic exploration of how fructose versus glucose affects the body from whole foods So and from refined forms when coming from whole foods, how they affect the body. And that was, and I talked about her books last week, but Dr. Caroline Leaf. So in her book, Think and Eat Yourself Smart, she has a very, very scientific breakdown and discussion about how fructose versus glucose is processed by the body, how it affects various areas of our brain as far as appetite goes, satiety goes, like feelings of reward. It's fascinating. So I will definitely recommend that listeners check that out if you're at all interested in this or concepts like this. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But for example, she she goes through all of the, the science of it, but she does advocate sugar from whole foods forms like fruit because it's coming with cofactors like vitamins that supports the body, helps the processing of the sugar, can be very nourishing for our bodies. It's funny, given our conversation at the beginning about how we should always be open to change, I'm like, I'm always being a proponent of, but I am currently always a proponent of whole foods over processed foods. And I don't think we should necessarily fear sugar from whole foods at all. I do think people function better on different amounts. I think for some people, lower carb is better. For other people, higher carb is better. For some people, lower carb during some parts of their life might be better, whereas later they might need more carbs. And I think that we should be open to open to that and change. But I don't think that we should fear sugar, especially in the form of whole foods. Well, you said not to fear it. And for example, like I mentioned, that if I eat an apple by itself, I can tell that's you know, that's not the best for my body, but I'm not afraid of an apple. That also doesn't make me think an apple is bad. I know that I feel okay, like I said, if I have an apple with peanut butter. So it's just a matter of learning to listen to your body. And so really, I totally believe Dr. C-Y-W-E-S that I can't pronounce. I am certain that he feels that way when he eats those foods that he feels terrible 
And so I believe it. When Allison Gannett said, you know, that some people can handle certain veggies and some cannot, I believe all of that 100%. But I don't think that we need to assume that that nobody can. And you need to really learn to trust how you feel. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm glad you brought up the broccoli. It is true. Maybe for some people that small amount of sugar in the broccoli is going to affect them negatively. I think more likely problems that could come from broccoli would be like plant compounds in it or digestive distress or things like that. So context is key. Context is so key. And then something else that Jade said in her question, for example, she said on Whole30, sugar is not allowed but I can have all the fruits and veggies I want. So that's something else there to focus in on. Having all the fruits and veggies you want is a little different than saying yes, no to sugar. Because I think for a lot of people, sugar in the context of fruits and veggies, so natural sugar, is completely fine. But there may be a certain amount that makes it fine, and there may be a certain amount that's too much. So for some people, maybe all the fruits... (laughs) might be too much, but maybe some fruits would be okay. Or maybe lower sugar fruits like blueberries compared to say, you know, watermelon. But then some people might process watermelon perfectly and not blueberries. So it's really, really individual. But I just really think it's important to take home that refined sugar is not the same thing as fruits and vegetables. And like I said, I really enjoyed being a part of the Sugar Summit, and I'm really thankful to have had that chance. And I think it was excellent. I didn't have time to watch all the speakers. but I mean, literally, there were like 10 hours a day of speakers. So <laughs> unless you had 10 hours to listen, I did not. But a lot of people in my groups did watch a lot of them or listen to them when they were doing other things. And it was an absolutely fabulous summit. A lot of really great speakers, a lot of good information, and I was thrilled to have been featured among them. Really grateful for the opportunity and hope that we brought a lot of people from the Kick Sugar Summit to the intermittent fasting community, and we can all coexist here together, whether you've kicked sugar or whether you're using it more sparingly or whichever camp you fall in. Can listeners still get access to that interview? My interview, no, unless you pay for it. You can purchase access to the Kick Sugar Summit. It's the Kick Sugar Summit 2019. And if you want to hear the whole lineup, if you're in my Facebook groups, I have an announcement about it there. And you can go through that link and find it. But I think it's, I can't remember how much it is. It costs more to buy access after it's over. But I think you also get access to all the past archives of what they've done as well. So if you go to, I think there's a Kick Sugar website. If you look for it, you can find it. But yeah, the free access for my talk is over. There is no more free access. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions to the podcast, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. We are a Himalaya partnered show. And if you would like access to our podcast 24 hours in advance, which is absolutely amazing, follow us in the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is amazing. It allows you to keep track of all your podcasts in one place, make playlists, comments. It's just really, I mean, I use it every single day of my life. I also have a playlist there called Intermittent Fasting Podcast Stuff We Like. And that's where I put links to other episodes that I really enjoy. So if you're looking for other content or things to listen to, listeners really, really like that playlist a lot. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are IF Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter. We are the IF Pod. 
And all right. Any final thoughts from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. I think we had another great episode. I think I say that every time. <laughs> it's always true. We talk about so many interesting things. I'm like, are we are we ever going to run out of things to talk about? And we never do. Looking at our queue of questions, <laughs> I don't think so. We never will. I know. It's crazy. All right. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, the opinions we discussed on this show do not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. Check out ifpodcast.com for more information on us. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.